Hi, my name is Dan. I'm here with my good friend G, and this is episode 100 of the Wrong Football NFL podcast. Get me an IT engineer. I meant to get his, uh, I meant to get his party poppers or something, some sort of party blowers or something. It's it's, it's the hundredth episode that we've recorded together, G. Yeah, I know, and it, it's um I, I sort of failed to live up to that with, with with my intro because the world is crazy. But yes, well done, we made it to a hundred. Congratulations, that's an awful lot of G wrangling. Well, they they say that you, once you've once you've done a hundred, you know it's it's you 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 know kind of know what you're doing, so. And that, you know, fingers Blimey. crossed. If, if, if we knew what we were doing, think how dangerous we would be. I know, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, how, how have you been? Everything, uh, everything been okay? I, I say, how have you been? I saw you the other day. We actually saw each other. Yeah, an in-life meeting of the Wrong Football I podcast. I know. It, yeah. uh, a bit up and down, but I think that's because everybody's there. But we had a very nice evening at, 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 um, at the music, watching um, a couple of 90s indies bands, and that was awesome. Um I I I have I won't bore everybody with the gory details, but just say that I have a certain group food intolerances I have to work with, and I got things a little wrong on Saturday, and so it was not terribly well <laughs> Sunday. Um, um, and work's been mental today, and my home IT setup is is fighting me. But I've got Wi-Fi working. We're recording a podcast. I will have to um, blag a little bit through through some of the um, preview because I've not had the chance to do the notes that I've done. But I'm sure we'll cope. How have you been, sir? Since I'm you know, those couple fine. of days I've seen yeah. you since the gig. <laughs> yeah, absolutely fine. Yeah, uh, all all good this end. All good. I'm uh, I'm playing in a new band, which is exciting. Uh, I'm yeah, just 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 carrying on really. You've got a new bass. I've got yeah, I have. I have. I, I think we can go as far as the sexy bass. I mean, you know, I'm, uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you couldn't actually get it in dolphins colours, but it is a very it's close. pretty. It's a very pretty teal yeah. that you've got yourself, I think. It's not. It's not. It's not far off. It's not far off. Um, and with that, let's have a start. A look at the uh, the news this week. So, uh, we, as we have every week, we've we've been uh, we've been looking obviously at, uh, at Hard Knocks. It was episode three this week, um, uh, which was uh, it was it was quite a good one. It was it was they started. I think you pointed out the other day when we were speaking. They started focusing on uh, on on sort of certain individual players which is nice you know it does mean that they're going to be cruelly cut down in a couple of weeks time but they have started started focusing on, on a few individuals haven't they? who's who's kind of catching your eye out of the uh out of the, the hard knocks lot well i think i think it's all very interesting because they're going into i mean in episode two we went into um the young guy who came over from the ivory coast was on the practice squad and trying to make it as a pass rusher yeah we had a brief look at the um Guard and I'm forgetting names because I haven't done any of uh, any of my prep. Uh, but uh, the, Isaac Isaac Alarcon was the uh, the Mexican the Mexican yes, O lineman, yeah. And yeah. I, I, I thought both it was interesting to get more of his background to go to it, but also the the footage. And I'm sure the camera person who was shooting the family during the game, um, she was wonderful. Just with the translations, and and well, I don't know yeah, if yeah. I don't know if the um, cameraman knew what gold he was getting as they recorded her, but just just. <laughs> Her infusing for the team, and, and I am of a less religious persuasion, shall we suggest. So I, I feel like if there is an almighty, yeah. that he might not care about football games. But 
it was just it was a wonderful moment of family gathering around the player and and, and this is sort of gives life to this whole thing particularly when we're on a day like today where we're beginning to get into the serious cuts that that you know you're reminded and i think this is an important part of hard knocks that for an awful lot of players bear in mind that they're going from 80 85 suddenly it's down to your 55 it's expanded a bit because you've got more um you've got more players, developments yeah you've yeah, got you've squad. got the practice squad, you, you know, the practice squads increased a lot and you've got, yeah, certain international players. But these are still people who, you know, might only get to one rookie camp and this might be as yeah. close as they get. And they've done incredibly well just to get to training camp. I mean, you know, there's, you know it's like the 1% and the 1%. It keeps getting harder and harder to make it. So mm. I think that's always a nice thing to capture in, in Hard Knocks is the reminder of, you know, that there are people behind this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we saw we saw Dak was uh, was back throwing passes, much to the to the delight of of Trevon Diggs's son. Um, even though he had to be reminded who his uh, favourite player was, it wasn't Patrick Mahomes. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure about that. I mean, you know, four year olds are four year olds. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, no, he was not. Was he not the cutest kid? Yeah, he was. He was very much. So. And and, and I so. did. And again, I didn't know that um, there was a junior Diggs in the league. No, nor did, nor did I till till I saw that. No, no. So um, you know, uh, there was there was a there was so there was there was an absolutely fantastic shot, and then a really hideous shot for me uh, in this in this episode. The, the awesome drone shot absolutely blew my mind through the through the forward centre. Um, it, it started a bit of, tre- of a trend on Twitter. Uh, this Has week. it? I know the Dol- yeah, I know the Dolphins did one. And I, I've got a feet. I think somebody else did one as well. Um, but yeah, they these drone shots through the facilities and just kind of you know in and out of of, of rooms and, and areas on pitches and things like that just absolutely blew my mind. Yeah, I, I, I really I I was talking to Rach over the weekend about it and I, I need to show her. I, I'd be meaning even though she you know has an absolutely no interest in the yeah. NFL, I wanted yeah. to show her it just just because I thought I was talking about how cool I I'm thought the short was. So yeah. so you know I will get around to showing her at some point. Look up the Dolphins one as well. Um, and then went from that to about 20 minutes minutes later, the most hideous shot of somebody putting a contact lens in. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Jaquan Hardy uh, went from who who, who lost the lost the contact lens in a game, so they they decided to show him putting a contact lens in it very close up, which was disgusting. Um, so and uh, yeah, he, he's he's decided he's, he's going to wear he's going to wear his goggles. But the fun thing about that, and I'll try not to make it um, the podcast of medical conditions of G, but um, I had a squint as a kid, so my eyes don't work great as a pair. And because I was poked around so much as a kid, I can't cope with anything near my eyes. So, oh, no. so I, I yeah. was like, literally like, no, why would you do that? Turn it away. Honestly, I have difficulty <laughs> putting eye drops in. I, I, I'm yeah. that phobic of it. So, you know, I would absolutely have to go down the goggles route um, so that I could see anything. And that, and, 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 and believe it or not, I made it to, to 41 before I ever bought myself a prescription pair of goggles. And after my last fall <laughs> out running where I did a grade two, um, ankle sprain i got told in no uncertain terms that perhaps it might help if i could see so needless to say i have some <laughs> some 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 sports goggles but yeah it was interesting watching that and the bit that i liked about that was not only we had this whole thing about you know and apparently he wore them in college but you know felt a bit yeah. funny in the pros but there yeah. was going was the whole thing about um for two running backs that the coach was naming now one of them i didn't know 
but I knew Eric Dickerson. But what I loved was, first of all, he had no idea that Eric Dickerson wore goggles, which I didn't. But what I loved about it was going, yeah, yeah, I know Eric Dickerson. I've played him on NFL Street. And I'm thinking, great. So the computer games are are teaching (laughs) the younger generations about all-time greats. They are, though. To be fair, they are. That's that's, No, they are. I mean, it's something you hear on a couple of podcasts, particularly with those who have kids that, you know, be it... Um, Madden or NBA 2K that the kids are coming up and learning because yeah. these historical players are put in as part of different games modes that they are learning these players. Absolutely. And then, or at uh, least the, the names. And then the other things we saw uh, this week was uh, Mari Cooper back in, back in practice and uh, just how loved Jerry Jones is. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah. We, we, I think we spoke about this a couple of, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, but also I think that if, if you remember when they're talking about that indoor stadium where it's also where the local high school plays, and I yes, think if you yeah. drop that facility there and you and you build that facility, and I don't know, I'd need to look this up, but I'm not entirely sure that he actually took public money. I think he might have built it himself. But yeah, obviously, definitely. when you've put that that facility in that community and your indoor training facility is also a 12,000 seater that hosts the local football team, high school team, which you don't need to do, as an NFL owner, no. but no, no. that's going to in- engender that kind of loyalty in the local thing. And it's like, that's the positive model, or, or, or if you want to be cynical, the positive spin that you put on in some that kind of investment. But there's no arguing that that's there and it's a facility to be used. That's it. Well, um, let's let's move on. We'll have a look at the, uh, it's, it's like we mentioned earlier, it's, uh, it's cut down day today. And very selfishly, the teams haven't finished their cuts before we started recording this, which is... Uh, I, 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 you know, it's it's unforgivable, but uh, we'll, you're, we'll, you're we'll try and distinctly work upset, it. aren't you? <laughs> yeah, we'll try and work around it. Um, there's, I mean, the the big name, the the big name coming out of these cuts is is Cam Newton, uh, who's been cut by the the New England Patriots. I did not see that coming, even if, uh, even you know, even well, I suppose he's he's going to want to he's going to want to start, but somewhere, but even if they weren't going to start him, I couldn't see them cutting him. I think. Yeah, it certainly it, it, it takes a coach of the job security of a Bill Belichick to make a move like yes, this. Yeah, very but much also, so. I, I, I certainly wasn't expecting it, so I'm not trying to give myself praise, but it kind of doesn't surprise me a little bit just because of what we talked about last week, about him being out the building for five days for this mess up yeah, of not being, yeah. um, not being vaccinated. And it's almost like he's the first high-profile casualty of not getting your shots done because suddenly that's five days where the young rookie is running practice and is taking reps with the one because he's there and Cam Newton isn't. And all of a sudden, they're impressed yeah. enough with his performance. Uh, and I'm not saying it's the reason, but I wonder if it contributes and just puts that thought in the mind. And Sounds it. Yeah, it sounds I, like I'm guessing, been there. Yeah. And, and it just feels like that might be, be where they're going with that. Yeah. Um, looking through the, the the list, I mean, there's no other huge um, names really, really that have that have stood out to me. I mean, you've got someone like I mean, people like I mean, the Chiefs cut Antonio Callaway. He was, you know, a couple of seasons ago, he was going to be something quite quite big, and he's he's not really not really lived up to it. Um, other than that, Cowboys haven't haven't done much, which is a you know a non spoiler for hard knocks. Uh, but uh, yeah, is, is anyone 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 else caught your eye on the on the on the cuts list? I, I'm sort of having a quick scout through now because I've not really had a chance. Honestly, yeah. um, I'm I'm a little bit surprised that Jeff Driscoll has got cut from the, the Texans just because with their QB room, 
I don't know what's going on. But then we still don't know what's going on with um, Watson. And so how they're balancing that roster and are they having to carry him because he hasn't been put on the... Yeah. So so it all feels a bit weird. But I'm just... Yeah, I I feel like I need to dig in, but I don't... Cam Newton is the obvious huge name and I'm not seeing... He's the standout, isn't he? I mean, there's people like Devontae Freeman uh, from the Saints. Yeah. He's been the Saints. Uh, Yeah. It's interesting, but yeah. it, it is quarterbacks, despite my loves of every everyone. Oh, here's one. So, because um, I was just looking at Nick Mullins for the Eagles, but sort of um, Peyton Barber, maybe with the with the yeah. Um, yeah. Washington football team getting cut. Um, I mean, the problem is that this, this is all the bottom of the roster players. So it is. It, it is. It's, it's all. It's all going to be ones that, that a lot you don't kind of recognise. And yeah, and, apart and from uh, um, which, I think is what may, highlights the sort of a Cam Newton move. And also, yes, exactly. it's kind of a thing that I hear about more and more when you listen to some people with a bit of knowledge about this process. They often talk about you go into training camp and you probably know your first. 45, maybe 50 players. And what you're yeah. trying to do is fill out the margins of the roster and build your practice squad. And yeah, there's people with a chance for people to break in. And we do see it every year that somebody undrafted or in the late rounds makes a squad that they really weren't expected to. But it's... it's We've also got to wait for the dust to settle because there's all these cuts. And then by the time you've got the practice squads filled out once they've got through that, because that's the thing is you have to get down to your set amount before you can start sorting out your practice squad players because maybe somebody will drop somebody and pick them up on waivers to give them a start before they start filling it out. So, you know, we we shall have to see if there are any big names, but I would be surprised if there's anything of the level of Cam Newton that comes out. And it's also interesting that they wouldn't be able, they weren't able to shift him in a trade, but they just flat out cut him. But maybe that's... that's, Well, the only thing I have to say about that, maybe, is if he clears waivers, he can select his own destination, but he might not clear waivers. So we should just have to see how that all shakes down. So I'm not at, I'll be honest, with everything going on, I'm not 100% sure of the waiver process for this no. this cut, if you see what I mean. So we'll, we'll yeah, see how yeah, things shake yeah. out once this is through. Well, we've, uh, with, with three, we, we've, we've finished the pre-season games now. Um, mm-hmm. It was actually, it was actually, I forgot about this until literally on the day, uh, Saturday, it was, the, it was the wrong football bowl. The pre-season yes. wrong football bowl. It was the Dolphins versus the, uh, versus the Bengals, which we... One with a last second hail mary, yes. Um, <laughs> which, which actually has led to Reed Sinnett, who who made that throw, is 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 one of the one of the dolphins that's been cut. So, leads me to believe we're probably going with two quarterbacks this year. Um, you think yeah. he might make the practice squad? He might make, yeah. He probably will make the practice squad. I, I'm pretty pretty sure he will. We'll we'll certainly have a quarterback on the practice squad. Um, I would imagine it will be him. Um, so, but yeah, I'm being honest with you. This this season, I haven't really watched much preseason football. Have you? I've watched some. I've been struggling to get my routine sorted just because yeah. work's busy and everything's been going on. And it's also it's felt a bit. Fun. We're in. I like preseason because of all the reasons we're talking about about these being people's genuine shots and these games matter to those yeah. people. We've got one less, so we've not got that same new routine. So we're figuring out who's playing what players. We haven't seen Joe Burrow at all through these preseason, which is interesting given what they're saying about him needing players around his feet and him having a slightly shaky sort of early camp they were talking about. He, he played Saturday, didn't he? I did he? I thought he did. I thought if he did, he like played the first drive and got changed, which is what fooled me. Um, maybe, maybe it was that. I'm sure I saw. But him. He's, he's certainly played very little. He was on the sidelines, dressed when I saw him without pads. Yeah. Um, 
I think he, he he may have got a series at the start, but I'm really not sure. And preseason, Still didn't it's played. not played. Didn't get didn't get a chance to see two as balls. No. <laughs> Thank you. But I feel like we're still feeling out a, a whole new preseason process. Um, I think the one thing to take away from it is that I think this is just going to extend. You might have heard me talk about this with some of the some of the teams seem to treat September like a period to keep working up. And what they're looking to do is peak around Christmas rather than hit the start of the season full on it. Um, you'll see a team like um, the Patriots do that. Um, the Rams seem to be very similar because they play very few of their starters in preseason. They're just trying to get fitness and get to the start of the season healthy. And so uh, it feels like that's shifting it a little bit. And it has been, I've watched some, not as much as usual, but because of, I don't know, somehow between it being condensed and the teams treating it, it's been harder to read in who's on the roster bubble, who's following. I've not had, usually I have sort of three or four teams picked out. This this year, I've managed to see all of the Bengals, and I've watched the the sort of preseason in sixty. But I think like mm. next year, I might go back to like having the Hard Knocks team, the Bengals, and maybe another because you get a yeah. better throughput. And if you, I think particularly with the preseason as it is now, trying to get everything over the the sort of wider, shallower look doesn't seem to yield as much as just concentrating a couple of teams, knowing that you're going to be like off, but you know, figuring you'll cover the Dolphins, I'll cover the Bengals, makes sense to watch Hard Knocks and I'll probably pick an other. And that gives us something interesting, solid to hang our hats on and the rest of the stuff we can sort of pick up with podcasts. Yeah. Well, just before, very, just before you uh, very quickly move on, because you've gone quite long on this news. Um, <laughs> with the, go uh, G, go G. One final, one final thing. Um, Saints have said that they're probably going to, over uh, the first four weeks of the season, due to Hurricane Ida, they're going to uh, base themselves elsewhere. I don't know if you'd seen that. I hadn't seen that, but that makes complete sense given what's yeah. going on down there. Um, it, I mean, they had no power the last time I looked earlier today. So no, exactly. um, I, I, my day had been such that I hadn't really had time to thought about it, but or thought about it, haven't had time to think about it. But, you know, yeah, it, that, that makes all the sense in the world. They've had to do it before. Um, I don't know. How I don't think there's been quite the same level of, level of damage as Katrina, but there's been obviously there's power out, but you know it'll be. Yes, I, I would yeah. imagine that the first game back will be a big game, but we, yeah, it, it makes sense. It looks like it. Uh, Cowboys owners, uh, Joe Jones has offered the use of AT and T Stadium apparently, um, so they could play their their early, early home games there. But uh, yeah, still very early. That's just just breaking news at the minute, so uh, we'll have to see how that develops. Fair enough. <laughs> Right, so G very kindly uh, covered the East and West quarters of the NFC last week while I was uh, not very well. So, uh, yeah, we're left with just the NFC South. And uh, first, we're going to have a look at the NFC North. Um, I'm going to go in. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to bow to your uh, your your ordering. I'm going to go in the uh, order that they finished uh, the the season last year in the uh, in the division. Uh, we're going to start uh, with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they finished first, uh, thirteen and three. Uh, lost their divisional game uh, to the Rams in the end. Um, the big big story there has been Aaron Rodgers, hasn't it? And whether he was going to play. Obviously, his his coming back. Uh, it looks like it might be his, his final year as a Packer. Yeah, I mean that's been the new story of the off season. So I'm not sure that we actually have to cover it sort no, of too no. much m- much this week. But I think it's going to be. Yeah, it does feel like it could be his last season. I guess the um, key thing to to look at in the off season is they've got him back. And um, we've they've got a change in um, defensive coordinator. So they have, yeah. 
So, and I think that's going to be sort of a lot's going to be handled on that. I think with Aaron Rodgers, there's there's, there's some movement on the line that you maybe need to keep an eye on, except that Aaron Rodgers can make, you know, the protection calls as quarterback. And so that should ease in a rookie um, um, offensive lineman. And I feel like they'll be there or thereabouts, but we've been saying for a while that they just need competent defense. And I think they got, you know, you can't complain too much. They got into the postseason, they've won a lot of games, both both years under Lafleur, and so it's like the next step is to really push for the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we think uh, Devontae Adams is is widely recognised as one of the best players in the league. Do you think he's going to have a massive season again this year? Um, I, I would imagine so. I mean, it it'd be hard to see why not unless you know they have real offensive line line issues. I yeah, mean, I, yeah. I think if there's going to be a problem, it might more likely be um, Jones in in the running game struggling, but. I mean, this is a team that's won 13 games the last two two seasons. Um, there's no real reason to expect them to struggle on offense this year, and I expect them to be competitive. It's just whether any of the margins have got narrow enough in the last year year with the changes that they're going to have problems, or if the defense is going to kick on and they're going to be a monster. Yeah, um, I was reading the uh, the season preview Gridiron um, magazine. Plug plug. Uh, Neil Re- <laughs> Neil, yeah, Neil, Re- Neil Reynolds reckons that he thinks there's some. Sort of trouble in the back office. Have you have you heard anything about that? I'm I haven't. Um, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me because if you've got this kind of relationship going on with your quarterback and he's yeah. a franchise quarterback who's just yeah, won yeah. MVP, that might ask that might lead to some questions being asked. I think things are always a little bit weird with the Packers because they're the only public owned team. It's not like they have a single owner that sort no. of sets sets the agenda. So it's a little bit mix but to be honest I feel like the back office has made their decisions I mean Rogers has made it clear that he loves the coaches loves his team players there's key person on the front office that he has issues with but it feels like that this is going to be his season he can stay if he plays well and I think he's got an option and they've got an option so yeah, it doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be his last if things work out and they can smooth things out through the course of a season so I've, I've not heard anything I think this is one that we'll just have to see it play out and if something yeah. crops up we'll know yeah um, Chicago Bears. They uh, they finished second in the uh, in the NFC North. Uh, eight and eight. They uh, they finished. They point five hundred. They they lost uh, in the World Cup against the Saints. Um, re- in reality, though, the Bears for me they had no business really being in that postseason last year. Interesting, because they've been eight and eight both seasons. Or I say both yeah. seasons. The last two seasons, it's kind of interesting. Nagy went twelve and four and lost a wild card game in his first season. Then has gone eight and eight twice and made the postseason a second time. I guess the huge thing is that um, Justin he, Fields. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Trubisky has gone bye bye. Um, yes. Can Justin Fields do enough in his his rookie year? With yeah. an offense that's in transition, he's not being started straight away, and I don't mind that. I I think gone are maybe the years of sitting an entire year, unless you're very, you know, you're you're sat behind like a no questions asked um, starting yeah, quarterback. Yeah. So what's going yeah. on with the Packers and Mahomes in with the Chiefs? But I think if he sits for say the first four or five weeks, allow for line to gel. Andy Dalton is at least a competent quarterback in terms of getting you to the line, making your calls, you know, can run an NFL offense. If they can 
get through that period and let that, because it's a new line combination gel, then bring in the rookie quarterback maybe. Um, we'll see how, how it goes. There's going to be pressure for him to play at some point unless um, Dalton suddenly goes like, you know, 13 and four. I'm, I'm going to spend well, he's, all, he's looked, I'm gonna spend all season doing maths <laughs> yeah, know, and panicking yeah, about the 17, 17 games. Yes. Um, yeah. But... Um, he, he does, he's looked pretty good so far in pre-season. I know he played against the Dolphins in week one and, and he looked he looked pretty good there. That's interesting because I've not heard great reviews on him, but he's also, he's not, I mean, I think in the second game he got like two four and outs and, you know, maybe had six plays. So I think we're going to know a lot more come the first season and this is the real yeah. thing with pre-season. So, because uh, you're going against, there's not so much vanilla defences because all teams are planning what they do, but what they're not doing is hyper-specific game plans because they're just yeah. trying to evaluate the players. So yeah. <sighs> there's no reason for them not to be competitive again other than the defence is another year older and can they be good enough whilst the offence, you know, might take a step back for a bit. Yeah, they've, they've not done much to that offence. Yeah, fair, I, so I don't they? feel like this is a team that's suddenly going to be like 2-15 and 15 and be awful. No. It wouldn't surprise me if they were bad, but nor would it necessarily surprise me if 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 they're around 8-8 eight and eight or pushing a little bit and maybe the bottom of the playoffs again. But it, so much yeah. depends on what's going on in the quarterback, but it's hard to say. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota, the Vikings, uh, seven and nine last year, third in the division. Um, Kirk Cousins is entering the he's entering the second year of a pretty highly paid contract. Um, do you think do you think he really needs a good playoff run to to kind of make or break? I, I, I feel like you know I feel like in the in the in the last few seasons they've they've really not had he he should have I don't know he's just not been the the quarterback I'd I would have hoped for. See, here's the thing. I think it depends on who carries the can for everything as a whole. I feel like if we get to the end of the season and they've not had like a playoff win, I think there could be changes, but I don't know. Is that going to be him or is that going to be something like Mike Zimmer? Yeah, or the front office or if they're going to blow everything yeah. up. I, I, yeah. I know that I get the feeling that Zimmer's had enough with him as much for the COVID stuff as anything. Yeah, I think, I think he, so. I think, I mean, reading between the lines and some of the quotes and some of the stuff that's been going on, I mean, Zim really feels like a coach who does not give an F about mm. what anybody's, you know, anybody's feelings and will come out and say, you know, he's not happy with levels of play. You know, he's, he's a coach who does wear his heart on his sleeve a bit. And yeah. the thing for me, for the Vikings at the moment, is that they look a little bit fragile behind their starters. So, great, you've got Feeden and Jefferson as wide receivers, but what's behind them? Um, yeah. It feels like they've had a couple of big hits in the draft, but there's not maybe the depth that they were there that was there when Zimmer first got there. They obviously got um, Cousins to be the starter that was going to put them over the top, and he sort of played like Kirk Cousins, but I feel like part of the problem with that is that they've been shuffling through... Um, offensive coordinators and we have another one new this year but also they've not really solved the offensive line for any point no. in that period either and so I get the feeling that this is going to be a very similar result because I think Zimmer gives you his like third down rankings and his defensive rankings seem remarkably consistent particularly in a year like last year where they massively overhauled the secondary I think I don't expect them to not be competitive because I don't think Zim is capable of doing that given a decent level of um, of roster. 
but I feel like things could change unless something goes well and they've got a solid achievement they can hang their hat on. Yeah. And yeah. that wouldn't necessarily surprise me. The only uh, Moving on from Kirk Cousins, the only problem is he's contracting dead years. But if we can trade um, Carson Wentz, then there's no reason to think that we can't trade Kirk Cousins. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's a fair point. I think. I think what they need really is consistency, isn't it? They've yeah. not really. They've not really had that for the last couple of seasons, and I think. Uh, but I think, I think part of that they, is injury, and and and, and yeah. the offensive line has been a real problem. I, I just feel like yeah. that's if if there's been an Achilles heel, it's been that offensive line and getting stability on offense. And I think that's sort of they didn't overhaul them, but was still you know decent on defense last season. It just feels like I'm not sure Zimmer has ever got that side of the ball totally in line with his offense yeah. and certainly not consistency because if you look at it and here's the, the upside if you were a Vikings fan because I'm just going through Zimmer's um, seasons and 7 and 9 11 and 5 8 and 8 13 and 3 8 and 7 and 1 10 and 6 7 and 9 do you spot the pattern so yeah we, we pencil them in for yeah. double digit wins and a playoff berth yeah well that's it I think he's he's never they've never missed the playoffs twice in a row I think while he's while he's been there yeah, no, he's like every other year. So yeah, don't know if the pattern will hold because we shouldn't read too much into those patterns. But yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> but, but his 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 lowest number of wins is seven. That's a pretty that's a pretty good record as a coach. In all seriousness, not, given how many bad. seasons he's been there. Yeah, well, uh, a team with with a, with a new head coach is uh, the Detroit Lions, propping up the uh, the NFC North. Yes, uh, five, five and eleven. They finished last year. They've got Dan Campbell in as their new head coach. He is uh, a bit of a character, shall we say? He's um, he's got a lot of work to do, though, hasn't he? He's, he's not inherited a particularly good roster around him. No, this is a multi-year um, rebuild from something that yes has been something of a problem. Something of a character is is, is yeah understating it. You know, he introduced himself. We're going to bite <laughs> kneecaps, and if we get knocked down, yeah, we'll get up and is. bite the other kneecaps. And you know, talking about how he'd actually really like a real pet lion wandering around the place, and it's just like, oh, I can just see you know secretaries being savaged, and you know. <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It just feels just terrible idea of, you know, we've lost another another offensive assistant. Why? The lion got him. Um, <laughs> sorry, I've got waylaid into a whole thing, but um, <laughs> certainly his players seem to love him. Um, the interesting thing I found is that lots of people have been really praising the staff he's pulled together. Um, yeah. I've not dug into it, it, to it, but I think, to no. be honest, all you're looking for in this first season is... Is the team pulling together? Because they, they've yeah. been so, so... I mean, you know, it, it was bad enough that we knew that the locker room, you know, wasn't a good place. Um, the defence, which was meant to be, um, you know, the strong side of Matt Patricia's Patricia, game, yeah. never came together. He tried to build the Patriots in Patriots' own image. And, and, and we've seen that you can't be Belichick if you're not Bill Belichick. Take the lessons from yeah. him, but you've got to put your own spin on it. They just need to show some kind of improvement, and I, I, I'm not even sure that much. I think if they have like a, a buzz like the Dolphins did, and maybe four wins, that would genuinely be a, be a, be a success story because it feels like they've yeah. got a direction someday can believe in. And yeah. I think that's what they should hope for, and we'll just have to see if they can manage it. But I'd expect them to have another high pick to build from next year. You've done well to to speak about the Lions for the, and this season for that long without mentioning uh, Jared Goff and Matt Stafford switch, switching places. Uh, so they've obviously got Jared Goff in this year. Interestingly, the Rams and the Lions actually face each other in Week Seven, so that's going to be you know the the TV is going to TV coverage is going to be all over that. Um, I th- how do you think Jared Goff's going to get on in, in Detroit? 
I think that's a really interesting question. And the reason I think that's a really interesting question is it's all to do with sort of player development and expectations. And I'm just pondering about it myself because Jarakoff has been sort of all over the place as a player in terms of um, how he's viewed in the league. He's only 26. Yeah. He's played sort of five seasons. You know, he looked like a complete bust. I can't believe he's that money, to be honest. Yeah. He looked like a complete bust in his first season. But then we get Sean McVay come in and suddenly he looks really good in two seasons. Um, has really long average yard attempts, um, 8.4 in 2017-2018. Gets to big extension. The last two seasons, the average yard per pass comes down. All the questions start and obviously it breaks down with um, McVay. But he's, he's, as he's only 26, I do wonder if we give up on players too quickly. Now, it might be because oh, yeah. of the way the Rams are running their thing, but he doesn't fit their timeline and what they want to do. But I'm not totally sure that this is also a place a placeholder quarterback. And, and I'm just thinking back to um, something I've been listening to um, with the NBA where they're talking about um, the MVP of the last finals. And sort of, you know, it, it's seven, eight, years of him getting there and when he started he had he averaged single digit points per game and by the end of it he's averaging 27 and like 10 rebounds and it's suddenly an all-star and I, I'm not sure it's an all-star but this is a quarterback who led an offense to a Super Bowl and okay it wasn't he's not Patrick Mahomes say but I feel like there's a quarterback there that if you have the right team around him you could win and that might not be the Rams because of how they've built their roster but do you not think that with, say, a team like the Ravens who have stellar defences, that he could come in and do your above-average starter job if you build the right kind of play-action offense for him? Yeah, he, he could well. He could well do it. So it's going to be. We're going to have to see what uh, what what the, what he can. Whether, yeah, whether, whether he. Ha, I think. Yeah, I think that's the second point this season is. Can they have that pull together and get a few wins? Do they look to have more than just? A, a placeholder quarterback would be the other reasonable question to answer by the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, well, we're moving south then, we'll, uh, we're going to go to the uh, New Orleans Saints and uh, the NFC North, uh, South, sorry. They finished 12-4. <laughs> uh, they're first in, the, in their division. They lost their divisional game against the Buccaneers, who obviously uh, went on to uh, to win the Super Bowl. Um, last year, they, they started looking absolutely unbeatable, didn't they? But they, they did kind of tail off towards the end. Yes and no. Um... I think it was they, a bit, look, they look like they took the foot off the gas a little bit. Let's put it that way. I wonder how much was that was just... Um, there were some weird things going on, and there's still some weird things going on in the Saints. You had Drew Brees' arm. It felt like it struggled, and he was up and down. And, you know, We had that, in, that amazing play where James Winston came in for yeah. the deep bomb throw. But there's what the hell is going on with Michael Thomas... And I feel like I owe all Saints an apology because um, I drafted him in the first round in our Dynasty League last season and it's, it's all fallen apart from there, it seems. Um, but he was playing on a gimpy ankle because it was Breeze's last season and then he's not had surgery this, this off-season. They were all in for um, Breeze and it feels like every year whilst they were doing that, they had a tough loss. They played well, but they had like an explain, explainable loss to a team they got hosed at least once through decisions if not twice um and it just didn't quite work out for them and now 
Um, I think it's going to be a, a very different season because they've had to rebuild the roster because a lot of those contracts come due and, due and they've been like shedding money all over the place. They obviously no longer have Drew Brees at quarterback. And so they're going to be much more reliant, I think, on Calvin Kamara and um, um, seeing what they can get out of Jameis Winston or, you know, if Taysom Hill is going to have the same kind of package or what's going on there. I sort of trust them to be competitive just because of the um, sort of credit that Sean Payton has um, garnered over the years and he's an incredible offensive play caller so I'm interested to see what he does with Jameis Winston but yeah. I, I'm not going to say they're nailed on to compete for this division they certainly I, can't I think, be favourites with the Bucks in there I think that I think it's all going to come down to how, how Jameis Winston you know manages to lead that lead that offence and how um, how he performs when he's when he's starting he's 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 got a terrible reputation for Throwing interceptions, and you know he, he could have the, you know he might have the best wide receivers in the league around him, but if he's if he all he's going to do is throw to throw to the opposition, he's they're going to they're going to struggle. I think I think you're right in saying that they're they're going to be a lot more reliant on on Alvin Kamara. Uh, I think they're going to need to run a lot. I mean, um, the Colston not kid because he's been around for a few seasons, but blew up in preseason. It'll be very interesting to see how he does with um, um, Michael Thomas not playing and. Yeah. I mean, this is a defense that was ranked second by um, by by DVOA uh, um, football outsiders. So um, I expect them to be competitive, but they just can't. You don't expect them to be as good with Jameis Winston as they do with Drew Brees, even at the end of yeah. his career. But you know, we we could be proved wrong, but I doubt it. Tampa came second in the uh, in the division, so they were they were eleven and five, and they ended up whilst going on to win the Super Bowl. Um, didn't manage to finish first in the division, but obviously did win the uh, Super Bowl <laughs> in the end. Um, I mean the the big thing, obviously Arians. Bruce Arians said it said he was going he was going to give a lot of the Tampa squad a lot, another go this year, um, which which he, he seems to be following through on, and that's that can only be a good thing for you know team morale and continuity and things like that. But is is Father Time ever going to catch up with Tom Brady? Does he even know that he's moved to Florida? <laughs> I, I mean, Florida is where old people in the states go to go well, to yeah, retire. Good, good point. Yeah, good point. And one of the reasons is for climate. Now they tend to maybe leave in the summer months, but um, I don't know. Is the honest answer. And uh, at some at some point, he's going to stop being able to do this. And the yeah. history says that when it goes it's for a quarterback, when. it goes quickly. But we can't. At this point, we can't. We've, we'd be a fool if we predicted it this, this season because we've probably been doing it three or four, but at some point it's going to happen. But you look at the setup of this offense, they sort of worked out through the season. And so I think it's quite ominous that they brought everybody back and the same coordinators. And if they already agreed that it was towards the end of the regular season last year that they got, they got everything together, well, they've now had a proper off season to work through it. Honestly, it feels like it might. Uh, our only hope for Brady not being in the Super Bowl again could be Father Time finally stepping in, or the yeah. other thing might be injury because they brought everybody back, but there is a cost in terms of depth in doing that. And one of the ways that you sustain your your team and certainly was a fundamental of the Belichick model was moving everybody on a year early rather than a year late. That doesn't mean this can't be successful, and I think they're in all in to maximise what they've got with Brady. And if if that means that they have a horrible rebuild after, then it was worth it for what he's established. And particularly if he stays connected to the Bucks after retirement and helps them, um, yeah. it feels like they're set for another good year for twenty one. And I think they can't. They can. They can only be the favourites for this division, given what's been going on. Yeah, absolutely agree. 
Uh, moving on to the third place was Carolina Panthers. They were five and eleven, third in the uh, in the division. It was a bit of a season to forget for them, wasn't it? Really, it was the first one without Cam Newton, and they were the, they 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 struggled. Yeah, but I feel like there there's a lot of interesting things groundwork's been laid for this off season, and I think this is it was Matt Rule's first season in the NFL coming in from college, and he's got COVID to deal with. He's not got um, a proper off season. Um, yeah, he moved on on uh, um, um, Cam Newton, and so suddenly got Teddy Bridgewater, and now they've moved him on, and they've got Sam Darnold, and it's just can the defense develop? What happens with Darnold? Um, hoping, hopefully, um, they get um, McCaffrey back, and he has um, a better season, uh, or back to his normal season, because obviously he was injured so early and, and yeah. sort of made a quick return and couldn't establish himself. It, um, I don't. It's too early to push the panic button because uh, Matt Rule got a very long contract um, when he took over, and David Tepper feels like yes, he will fire you, but he will give you a chance first. But I think it's important to see um, what development they have, uh, um, and are they building towards success? And so they really want to be looking to move on for five eleven, and have they done the right thing in trading in Darnold, or do they still need a quarterback? How confusing is it going to be having Sam Darnold and Dan Arnold on the same team? Uh, it's going to be horrible <laughs> if you're a commentator. Um, I wouldn't like to, uh, put it this way. I would expect one of us to have to have uh, one of us to be edited during the course of a yes. season to correct yeah, I would it. Imagine so. I would imagine it will happen at some point. <laughs> um, and at the foot of the uh, of the division was the uh, Atlanta Falcons, uh, four and twelve. Um, yeah, speaking of seasons to forget, they they really didn't have a didn't have a good one. Uh, they've lost Julio Jones this year. Um, how's how's Matt Ryan going to cope? Um, he's going to be throwing the ball to um, their new tight end. I think is the answer. Yes, to that. I think so. Um, yeah. In all in all seriousness. Um, it might not be. I mean, you're always going to miss someone like um, uh, Julio Jones, but will Kyle Pitts um, live up to reputation? But also, Arthur Smith has done an amazing job with um, the Titans. No, he hasn't got the same pieces, but what I'm hearing out of training camp and some of the interviews is that he's not trying to recreate the Falcons. He's just trying to do the best with what the players he has. And that makes me really happy because I feel, always feel that, it, that you should mould your... You should have your principles, but they should be moulded around the players available to you. You shouldn't just try and fit. You, you, you can't only have a, a scheme that works if you have particular types of players because it, it makes the job of finding those players too fragile. So yeah. I have a feeling that, that they will look a lot better. I think a lot is riding on can how quickly they can overturn the defence from last year because they've struggled for a few years. But I can see a world where if the defence is vaguely respectable and Arthur Smith gets himself up and running with Matthew Ryan quickly and I think that's certainly possible then this could be not a great team maybe not even in contention for the for this division but certainly several wins better than it was last season and they have the potential for me to possibly spring back quickly but there's a lot of ifs yeah. there just quickly before we move on, they've got Mike Davis as well, who's, who's joined them from Carolina. He did a very good job last year, very good job last year. Well, uh, well, Christian McCaffrey was 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 out injured, um, so I think I think he's a, he's a good a good acquisition for them. I think that's it gives them another another uh, another string to the bow, I suppose. Yeah, and I've, there's been quite a lot of change at the Falcons, so um, it, it's kind of see how that that beds in. But yes, yeah, certainly. Yeah. 
they, they seem to have been get you know committed to getting players for Arthur Smith, but it's really can the offensive line come together? Can he, if not recreate the Titans, create a successful formula for them? And can the yeah. defense improve enough? Well, that's it. Let's see if we can uh, improve on last year's. I see his record in their position. Hey, Dan, it's the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and I think everyone out there ought to know about your podcast, The Wrong Football on iTunes. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. We'll be uh, back next week and every week after that until the end of the season uh, with a bit of luck. Uh, if you like what you've heard, let us know by subscribing and maybe even leaving a uh, little five-star review through whatever medium you procure your podcasts. That way you'll uh, also make sure that you don't miss any of our episodes as we get back to the regular episodes from next week onwards as the season gets back up and running. Uh, if you've got a question or something you want to discuss next week, uh, get in touch. I'm at, at TWF Dan on Twitter and G is at Wrong Football. In the meantime, have a great week and we'll see you again next time. Here's to 100 more episodes. Hurrah.